episode 11 of Talking the Walk, Real People Seeking a Real God. I'm coming down with a bit of a cold, hence the ultra-bass voice tonight. But we must forge ahead. We're closing out our exploration of human innate prejudice and judgmentalism against one another, despite a message from God and Jesus, his son, to be loving one another and to think more highly of others than we do of ourselves. Uh, we're going to continue this with a conversation among several people. Uh, while our three guests share total blindness as an attribute, we quickly discover in our interview with them that even blindness can serve as an inappropriate generality. Is it true that our guests are blind? Yes, but does or should that one trait solely define them? Or how heavily should it factor into one's own self-identity should they be blind? We hit on so many good topics. I'm so grateful for the conversation that we were able to have. Uh, I'm just going to toss to myself in the podcast studio back when I had my full voice. Uh, note, though, that the audio quality is going to be a little bit less than uh, this engineer would desire. We did the best we could with fitting six people around the table to get into four mics, but it doesn't always pick up as great. So apologies for less than ideal recording quality, but hopefully the topics uh, will carry the session forward. Enjoy. Welcome. Thank you, everybody, for joining us around the the square table of of talking the walk. Podcastness. Yes, uh, we have a very special episode. Of course, we have Tracy joining us mm -hmm. in almost all the episodes. We have awesome. Facey. Uh, what did I just call Facey? you? Facey. <laughs> Facey. This is Phyllis and Tracy together. <laughs> is this one of the things you edit out now? When you maybe I might edit no. this out. I have full control over what oh I do and goodness. do not say. Oh. Phyllis Lar, um, who, who has joined us for a few podcasts, yes. uh, but new to the podcast table, very special guests, we have Allison, Nicole, and Brad. Do you guys want to say hi? Hi. Hello. <laughs> um, uh, we have them on the show to specifically keep honing in and gathering more perspectives around this cloud of topics we've been talking about judgmentalism prejudice um it kind of stemmed from that first podcast kind of launching off of racism isn't the only form of bigotry and judgmentalism and kind of the unable to relate to another person that right. we see um in our culture and uh the, the the specific topic that we originally brought brad nicole and allison in is they are all blind and we're very interested to hear your perspectives, but they don't have to just be centered around your perspectives of being blind, because I think one of the, the points of this is everybody's going to have unique perspectives, no matter what background they have or experiences mm. they have. It's not just related. And, and maybe you guys, maybe that's the first thing to kind of kick it off with is uh, I'd like to know, do you, you know, what do you experience in relation to your blindness that you feel like maybe overshadows other parts of you know who you are do you experience that i mean or is that too complicated of a first I, question i don't even know what question what was there a question do there you was, mean that uh are we seen as other than who we are because we're blind yeah sure i guess or or better yet um how do people you know interact with you how do you experience 
you know, uh, other people and how they treat you, is any of it, you know, uh, in in your mind, different because you are blind? I think there's a lot of difference, yeah. Um, and I spend a lot of my time on the internet because I'm an internet brat. Uh-huh. So one thing I notice, which is really interesting to me, is that since I can disclose whenever I want that I'm blind, people will treat me fine. And then I will disclose, and they'll be entirely different. I see that a lot too. In, in what way? How? I mean, you're you're still communicating via, <clears throat> you know, yeah. a monitor in the internet. So how yeah. are they treating? Well, then yeah. they they, the people I'm thinking about, they tend to question a lot that they wouldn't question otherwise. So I will say I did X or Y today, and they'll be like, No, you can't have or. Or, you know, what if you didn't like this because you're blind, when before they totally would never have asked that. I see. Mm. Here's, here's an example. Yeah. If this He's is, got this. examples. <laughs> so do I. But anyway, go ahead. Um. <laughs> for those, for the, yeah, I won't, I won't uh, verbalize every, every <laughs> nod and glare you, you make towards your wife. Okay. Brad and Nicole are married, for those that are uh, listening and don't very know that. Happily, yes, very happily. Um. One point of interest, and I'm going to draw on my particular hobby horse, which is language. Sometimes people will stop me in the middle of sentences, and there'll be sentences where I talk about seeing something. I saw that movie. I see what you mean. I don't see your point. You know, I'm going to have a look on the internet, see what I can find about that, or let me look into that for you. Let me... uh, let me look and see if I can't find hmm. that carving knife. People will say, I don't understand. How are you going to look for it? Or, you know, <laughs> you, you can't see movies. You, you mean, don't you mean you heard the movie? No. Hmm. I mean that I saw the movie because uh, I did not grow up around a bunch of blind people. In fact, I was probably seven when I met my first one, but that's Mm. a different matter. Mm. And I grew up in the sighted world. I don't consider myself as living in a community apart from it. Mm. Uh, And I have as much right to own the metaphorical language of the sighted community (laughs) as as anyone else. So I should be free to talk about seeing that movie or seeing your point without (coughs) having to entertain those questions or even objections to my use of language. I mean, mm. you, you, you heard the movie. You didn't see the movie. You heard, or if I say, yeah. I so read people that correct book, they'll you. say, you know, yeah. I read that book. Well, you listened to it, didn't you? So oh. they're correcting you. Sometimes it's, it's correcting. It, sometimes it's asking. Hmm. Right. Verbiage, you know, but it's, but it's... But they're not allowing you to use the same verbiage. Right. And the same me, expressions as we who are cited use. Right. Hmm. Same metaphors. Yes. And I don't yes. mind so much I don't know, maybe this is just me. When they ask, don't you mean this? Because I'll say, no, I don't. And usually they don't get on me. But the people who correct you, and they're like, you mean this. That's, mm. you know, that's what hmm. well, sometimes, is really odd. Yeah, I mean, sometimes it's a teachable moment. And then sometimes it's just, let me end this digression as soon as I can. So we right. get back to what we're talking about. Yeah, right. <laughs> this isn't getting us anywhere. <laughs> Huh. Because if you really think about it, it's a rather stupid comment any way you slice right. it. It is. Because everybody knows exactly what you mean. Versus, like you said, it's a metaphor. It's a metaphor. Right. Uh-huh. right. Everybody knows what it means. Yeah. Just the other uh-huh. night, we were on the phone. You said, uh, see you Wednesday. And right. we hung up. I, I, I didn't even think about it. Yep. Right. And, and yeah, I mean, everybody knows Wouldn't what it Wouldn't it be weirder yeah. to say, 
uh, I heard that show on TV last night. <laughs> right. That would be so weird. That would probably when, get even would, more comments. When you know what? Uh, Are you I've heard. That because you can't see? I've heard like 90 some percent. Uh, they kind of analyzed like of TV shows, especially certain networks. You don't actually have to be watching what's going on to you really don't. get what's it's true. You don't. It's just it's all been verbalized for people like in the kitchen and and that's just where TV is in a okay. lot of zones. But so you guys are totally fine with that. You're just like everybody else. Well, I, oh, go ahead, Nicole. You had something. Oh, which, um, which even to make that comment implies a difference. But I'll get off my language. Hobby. <laughs> that's mean. Oh, that's right. mean. <laughs> well, Nicole's been trying to say something here. Yeah. For um, what you got? The thing that I have noticed more than, you know, linguistic things is a very certain tone, hmm. like a tone of voice. Or, you know, even on the linguistic things, like if I'm walking somewhere, even if I have not asked for help, which, you know, if I need help and I ask, I really appreciate it when people, you know, offer. Hmm. I really do. This is not undermining that. But people will come up to me and stop and they'll say, where are you trying to go? Hmm. Not where are you going? Where are Hmm. you trying to go? Because, obviously, I can't see, so I can't know where I'm going. Mm-hmm. Right. Or get there. Mm-hmm. Or get there. I think I think the majority of people are just trying to be helpful. Oh, they are. And mm-hmm. I can understand that verbiage and the way that that can, you know, not mm-hmm. settle with you or how it can come across. I can understand that. Mm-hmm. I, I guess part of me feels like, oh, they're just, they're trying to be helpful, they're trying. They mm. see someone that may need something. Let me step up. Oh yeah, and um, you know, I don't think about it. Like I don't dwell on it. Right. It's not yeah. something that because I understand the intention behind it. If I were them and they were me, I would probably do the same thing. Mm. Yeah. Because, yeah, because if you're I if I came mm. across someone with a different disability, like in a manual wheelchair, for instance, I would want to offer to like hold doors or you know mm-hmm. whatever mm-hmm. Um, because I would want to be helpful mm. but it's like a lack of education thing you know people mm. which I'm, I'm not mad at any of these people because like everyone said they're trying to help which is awesome sometimes I really needed it too you know and people mm. come up and say do you need anything and I will but mm. um, people don't know how capable we are and so they assume that we're incapable. And it's just a lack of education thing, I think. Mm-hmm. And, and I appreciate that because Brad and Nicole have taught me so much mm-hmm. since we first met back, what is it now, three years ago or, or yeah, so. Three, um, yeah. And um, <clears throat> Brad and Nicole really are the first uh, blind couple that I've really mm. known personally. And, of course, Nicole lived with us for a few weeks, you know, a, a while. And, and so but to really know and. You know, for you guys just to teach me, because you know, and, and, and from our perspective, we're going, okay, I, I, I don't know what to say here. I don't, I, I don't mm. know how to act. I'm, I'm not from this world. I don't mm. understand this type of thing, and I don't have any any point of reference. And you guys have helped educate me. I've dropped Nicole off at O'Hare Airport. I mean, literally, <laughs> I about that. literally at the site. You know, just like here, open the door. See you later. Okay, yeah. get in the car and drive off. 
And you know what? She's all, She makes it just like anybody else could make it. And oh, hair is scary for the record. <laughs> you know what? It's, it's scary to anybody. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've I've left Brad in the middle of downtown Chicago with whatever that delicatessen we met your oh, aunt oh, at. Right. Or something. You um, had an interview down there or something. I don't know. What, I think you were meeting a relative. I was, yeah. Yeah, oh, okay. and, and then you were going to catch the train and the bus and everything else yeah. to get back to Champagne, And... Um, you know, I just feel like, you know, it, it really dawned on me. These guys, they, they, okay, there may be a couple of things they need, need you know, like a heads up on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But other than that, these guys can do anything anybody can mm-hmm. do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they don't need coddling or, or anything, and they don't really want that no. any more than I would want it. Yeah. No, they're they're very independent and very self-sufficient, And but you have educated and fairly us. intelligent as far as, you know, oh, brand, very, I don't know, but. <laughs> well, I don't know. I, I don't. That's Doctor Blair. Doctor Blair. So something we were talking about right before um, we we sat down and started was, you know, I think it's really easy to start this conversation going and, and maybe even just being on that road of where do you experience prejudice towards you or people look looking at you differently or treating you differently. But something that I, it seemed like we were kind of hitting a note with Brad in terms of like, well, you're just as much human as, as everybody else to be able to have that and, and perhaps fall into that trap towards other people. Um, is, is that something that any of you struggle with in terms yes. of developing prejudices? It or? has definitely happened to me. Uh-huh. In fact, I remember the first time I was ever aware of it. Oh, okay. Um, I was maybe 14 or so, Hmm. and I had gone to an eye appointment, and I was sitting waiting because uh, it was a long wait. And there was another young girl in the waiting room. I don't know how old she was. Um, We didn't meet. Hmm. But it was obvious, you know, from across the room that she had profound disabilities physical and possibly mental, although I can't be sure of that. Mm. She may have been making sounds that she couldn't physically control. Mm. I don't know. Um, And I was so uncomfortable Mm. because she was like, I was here and she was maybe where Phyllis is. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. I just felt like I was supposed to do something Mm. or something. And I don't know. I just realized that I was doing the same, I was reacting the same way that people reacted to me that I hated. Hmm. And it made me really sad. Hmm. That's interesting. I think we all do that too. Like I, I know that we make judgments based on like someone's accent too, which are often misleading because accents are changeable. Hmm. Um, or we should ask a linguist. Yeah. yeah. Except for Texan accents. Texans really accents are never, never. Don't listen away. to that side no. of the table. You just you always want to have a Texas okay. accent. Okay. Well, well, I gotta say that's because they're really cool. There you go. See exactly. Like uh huh. <laughs> but yeah, based on accent or um, you know where you happen to meet them or how well they spell or you know whatever, and you get this picture of how they might look, and then you drop your prejudices, which. I mean, we try not to do, but... Hmm. And so it really makes me laugh when people say that blind people are better than sighted people because we don't do that because... 
Oh, so because you're blind to color or yes. things like that. Yeah, Ooh, and that's interesting. And let me ask you that. Let me dig deeper on that because, you know, I do hear people will make the same. Like, I'm, I don't judge me by the color of my skin. Yeah. Well, obviously you don't. But you make judgments based on something. We all do. Hmm. Oh, yeah. So what? where do you get your... Mm-hmm. Basements of basements of judgments. That's really basements of, yeah, basements that's, of judgments. I talk where's your, where's your basement that yeah, you go I mean, through? <laughs> what? How, how do your wine you, rack? How, full of water at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> how do you uh, um, grow in being judgment? How have you grown in being judgmental again with less other, less judgment? Mean, no, less I said more. Even how you how, how where does it oh. come from? Where does, yeah. it come, where so, does so your judgmentals come from? So basically, the question is: since we can't see, how is it we develop prejudices? The, these Are kinds ju- of prejudices, not even prejudices, it, perhaps. Yeah. yeah, let's just say that yeah. because it's yeah. not. Yeah. It is like you uh, you know you say it based on accent. Yep. Uh, very much in the sighted world, people will blame <laughs> it on. Um, you know the color of the skin, how you dress. or how you dress, or you know Where things you like live. that. So, how, wh- 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 what would you th- say? I think my first one is voice. Okay. If mm. I meet someone in person, if I don't, it's how they spell and write. Okay. Mm. Mm. I'm surprised you can tolerate me in that case. <laughs> <laughs> I barely do. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it's all coming out <laughs> around the podcast table. It's behind the scenes. Uh huh. I think that I. Um, you know, I grew up in a certain socioeconomical class and was surrounded by certain views, um, especially concerning race. Are you at liberty to give a few more details so we know? Because the people listening don't don't know you as well as we do. So Okay, let's say middle class? Yeah. Upper middle class. Upper middle class. Upper middle okay. class. Um, and, I, and where did you grow up? I grew up in the South. I'm uh, from North Carolina. Okay, North Carolina. Um, and racism, you know, very much still exists, mm. especially in Southern states. Mm-hmm. I know some people don't like to think that, but it is true. Mm. Um, and I can remember, uh, you know, as a little, little kid, a friend of my mom's gave me this gift, and it was a little playset with three little dolls. And one of the dolls was black. And she was my favorite, actually. I didn't care what color she was. I didn't care, you know, anything about any of that. Um, and I would play with them, and people, you know, relatives or, you know, just other other friends of the family or whatever would, you know she's black, right? Mm. I mean, do you know that? Lay down. Mm. And so it gave me this really negative feeling, because no little kid wants to be, you know, told that something that should be acceptable is not. Right. You might be playing with the wrong toy. Are, are, right. are you? Did somebody not tell you? Are they... Uh, huh. It was a weird response, and, so, and it so, made me so very family pressures, family impressions. But that's how it gets started. Gets yes. going. Okay. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Hmm. Interesting. How about you, Mr... Oh, I'm sorry, Dr. Blair. <laughs> Stop that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know you smile every time I say it. Dr. Blair, Dr. Blair, Dr. Blair, Dr. Blair. <laughs> Um, Stonewall. <laughs> Let me think about this for a minute. I think for me, it can be a little tempting at times to fly off the handle. I could just put a period there and call it good. Uh, <laughs> it can be a little tempting to fly off the handle about entire groups as a whole. Mm. You know, sometimes, and this is probably not anything that anyone else isn't subject to, but. Uh, I'm going to get specific. Okay, say I, say I go to a McDonald's one morning, and 
I have to give my order in Spanish because the person isn't able to speak English. Well, One thing is, you're able to do that. Well, that yes. is impressive. Hey, I right. would not be able okay. to do that. But yes. go ahead. I, I will admit to being able to do that. Yeah. Anyway. But <laughs> that just because I can do that doesn't mean I might not walk away from McDonald's going, get these people speak English. Yeah. You know? <laughs> um, you know, but I but I have to be careful. I don't want to. I don't want to assume they're here illegally. I don't mm. want to talk about Mexicans. They might not be Mexican, and even if they were, I don't want to say anything about Mexico or Mexicans that some relatives in my family might have said. Mm. So shut up, Brad, mm. and you know, take so, your. So this is your self talk. Yes. <laughs> okay. This is in okay. Inner dialogue. Inner, yes. Okay. But something that I've noticed as a as a thread is. Um, and, and I would applaud you for it. You, you all seem, you know, uh, reserved at jumping to, you know, conclusions, or at least some of the stories that you've talked about is like, you could see yourself going that way, but you kind of check yourself. Well, sometimes, well, sometimes I don't. You know, okay. sometimes, sometimes I say, well, if these people would just, you know, whatever these people are, if these people would just... Uh-huh. Which yeah, is, but I think sometimes we all do. Well, of course we do. Sure. Yeah. Yes. It's yeah. an excusing it. It's just saying it's there and we try right. to... But, but it, mm. I mean, it illustrates the point that we share this with everybody else. Everybody right. right. else. But I think um, along with what Bob was saying, you got, it seems as if you stop yourselves sooner we try, but and I don't think it's because of you know the blindness. Or no, it's not. But that's, that's it because is it because you understand how it feels? Or you experience it yourself. You've more, experienced so maybe. it maybe more than some of us. So therefore, you. No, I don't want to go there because I know what it feels like. Can and that's mine. And you're not and you're not perfect and I and I understand that. Yeah. But is that isn't that what you were That is my line of thought. Partly. When I'm tempted, okay, I sorry. try to ever since I realized that yes, I'm just as susceptible as everybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, not seeing people's skin color or how they dress or anything about them does not set me apart. It doesn't make me better. And a lot of people think that. Like People are less less hmm. likely to look down on us than they are to put us up on a pedestal. Right. Which is just as uncomfortable, by the way, because oh, it's like, uh, this is weird. Uh. Or to exoticize us in some mm. way. Mm. Now, I want to I tell a funny story on Brad. Okay. Uh, <laughs> because you just reminded me of it. Uh, when, when, this when, is an unexotic moment, it sounds like. Well, yeah, no, we all Coming need, from Tracy? And yes. we need a comic break. But <laughs> when we went to that uh, delicatessen in Chicago, do you remember the name of it? I, I, could, I can't remember the name. Um, it was a, it was a very famous, evidently Jewish. Yeah, it was a Jewish deli. Deli, deli. and so we're in line getting you know to order the food. And Brad has been talking about the whole drive there. He's he's wanted to ask this question. Oh and my goodness! It had something to do with is it and because he's you know he's a linguist, right? I mean, he's sure. PhD in German and he's language. He's a, he's a word nerd. As yep. say that he's he's a linguist. Is it pronounced? Gelta fish or gazelta fish? Oh, no, it was, it was uh, oh, matzo. It? it was matzo. Right? Matzo yeah. or matzah? Yeah. Yeah, what is it? Matzo or matzah? Whatever, yeah. So we get there in line, the and the guy, you know, and he goes, I want to ask you a question. <laughs> is it pronounced matzo or matzah? And I'm looking at the guy, and he goes, how do I know? I'm Mexican. <laughs> <laughs> 
then in Spanish... And then Brad every- goes, oh, and launches into a whole conversation in Spanish, which I accuse him of showing off at that point. Well, actually, uh, actually, he said to me in Spanish, he says to me, and it was because he was speaking Spanish, he said, what, do I look like a Jew? I don't got no money. Uh. <laughs> well, so he says that, yeah. I'm but like, he's I mean, like, he could safely, is this his safe space in Spanish to yes, say that to me? I'm like, I guess so. <laughs> Everybody else working there won't know. But he was assuming everybody there was Jewish. Uh-huh. Uh, uh-huh. Was, I thought it was pretty funny. And then I <laughs> accused him of showing off just because he could, he could launch it. Launch it. That's funny. He never told me that story. <laughs> I guess I never did. Although can, uh, although there is one I would like to tell, which might get to Bob's, some of what Bob's You can go for it. Yeah. So I'll try to make this kind of short. Um, not going to happen. <laughs> you know, I'll tell you what is going to happen. <laughs> she knows you. She knows right. you. It's yes. digital. We don't have tape. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Well, this kind of goes in the other direction. Back in college, I was taking a philosophy class, and the subject of race and race mixing on campus came up. And we were talking specifically about how racial groups tend to cohere together in the cafeterias on campus. Hmm. And my only thing that I wanted to say was, yeah, I've noticed that too, and I've always wondered about it. That was all I said. Hmm. And we were talking about uh, the, the specific race in question. We were talking about blacks and, and whites. Mm-hmm. And the professor, who was uh, a young African-American, and most people in, in the classroom were, she asked me, how do you know? Hmm. And I'm like, well, okay. And, I, and again, I didn't think about this. And I'm like, how do, how do I know what? And she goes, how do you know you're talking to a black person? Or how do you know that uh, what you're talking about, about where black people are sitting and where white people are sitting. Hmm. And I explained as best I could how I can usually tell that somebody is black. And I tried to explain about accent, speech, mannerisms, you know, and I won't go into all the linguistics of it, but Mm -hmm. it's not foolproof. You know, a white person can affect it or grow up in the ghetto and pull it off. And I've met black people who sound you know, as white as white could be. And mm. I will not name names, but uh, <laughs> that's a funny story in and of itself. So I, mean, I didn't think I was being racist. Mm. I thought I was trying to give information mm-hmm. and my perspective. The professor and the whole class jumped on me for being a racist, blind, white guy. Mm. And nothing I said for the rest... I I barely didn't... I hardly said anything for the rest of the semester. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Because I just... I had stumbled into this hornet's nest. And to this day, I don't know if there was a way I could have safely said what I did or safely offered my perspective as a blind person. But basically, they felt... I think there was a feeling of betrayal because they were like, well, you're blind. How can you be racist? Well, I'm not racist. I'm not trying to be racist. I'm trying to tell you uh-huh. this thing and you're taking it there. Uh-huh. So, yeah. And it is very true. I mean, you can tell sometimes, but not by, all the time. But not all the time. But also, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, I think it's it's... I feel as bad for them as I feel for Brad because that's kind of a no-win situation there. Like, they are... It's kind of like being ambushed. You know, Mm. you don't expect someone to come out with something like that, and you don't expect it when you're blind either. So when someone does try to explain something in good faith, 
that that sounds like it's ableist or racist. Uh, it's hmm. really hard to be objective. Well, there were ten of them, and there was one of me. So, <laughs> well, what I was going to ask is, do you feel like, on the whole, you are given, you know, a, a, a grace sort of in front of you by a line of questioning that allows you to feel comfortable in, in explaining yourself in some of these moments, or, or do you feel like, on the whole, you you kind of get if you're getting asked these questions. The people who are asking the questions have already sort of made up their mind about what they want to hear the answers are, and you, you feel like you have less room to express your unique perspective? It probably depends on the, the time and place. Okay, know? so it varies. It's not like more yeah. one than the other. Like if I, was on a, if I was on a witness stand and I said, you know, and this, this African-American male assaulted me, uh, if I said that on a witness stand, I just have the feeling that the lawyer would spend the next 10 minutes asking how I knew it was an African. I wouldn't mm-hmm. even try mm-hmm. that because yeah. there's no... You, you Whereas you know. would not get that question. Sure, sure. Which is kind of... I mean, there's legitimacy in that, I feel like. It's hard because, like I said, um, it's not foolproof and there's also really no good way to explain it. Right, it sounds mm-hmm. racist no matter how you say it. Right. And mm-hmm. I don't is blame it, people yeah. for thinking that it yeah. is a little bit I mean, racist. Unless, it's a unless, cultural un- thing. Unless it's you okay. Are, unless you are trained in, in dialectology and sociolinguistics, you're going to think it's word? racist. Dialectology? Yep. Yeah. So wow. yeah, I mean, I unless, you, unless you PhDs have... make up words. That's He's right. showing off. PhD. No, and no one questions it. It's like the emperor's new clothes. Look it up. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Unless you have a lot of very specific knowledge, you know, you're going to think, no, he's just being racist. Well, and and to me, it could be racist, or it could be, you know, based on my experience, that was a Southern person that said that, or that was somebody from Boston, or that was somebody, you know, from Canada, or that was a British person, or a Jamaican person, or whatever, I can pick up an accent. Sure. Now, yeah, it's not foolproof. But in general, that would be, yeah. and that's not necessarily a negative or a derogatory or a judgment about that person in any way, other than based upon what I'm hearing from your accent, yeah. I'm this figuring nine from. times out of ten, you're from yeah. you're some British, British something, sure. yeah. yep. or just, whatever. Unfortunately, because of the long history with racism, it's a little bit... It gets dicey. Yeah. Get touchy. Can can I just thought of something? Can I ask, and I will. Um, <laughs> I know you can't. This can't. seems to me, I'm painting this as something that some people uh, put as off limits to you being able to like weigh in on because of your your blind blindness because you don't have sight. Is there some, is there anything else? Can you think of something when you're looking at it like that that uh, that other people put as like off limits to you? Um, that this is for uh, uh, the visual world, world. This is for sighted people to to and 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 you know you being blind, you're not able to participate in this. Okay, do you, do you get hit with that? Yes. Dating. I don't know if I don't know if this is exactly what you're asking, but yeah, dating because you can't see the people, therefore you oh. cannot be attracted to the people. Oh, interesting. Or, conversely, mm-hmm. because you can't see the people, you don't. You're not attracted to them because you can't see them. If you could see them, you would definitely be attracted to them. Does that make sense? Yeah, the, the whole around. love at first yeah. sight is off limits to you. Yep. Mm. Or, uh, that concept. Or, or, or finding or. someone attractive is off limits to you. Or not finding someone attractive. Or it's blind kind of, people must always date and or marry other yeah, blind people. That's yeah, oh. that's a big one. There's I had kind a, of things everywhere. <laughs> I had oh. a friend in high school, um, and we were both we ha- both happened to be blind, and he was a guy. And we had been friends since we were eight. 
uh-huh. dating him would have been really weird because <laughs> just because of the kind of friendship that we had, you know, we I'm weren't. Sure he listens to this podcast. I don't know. <laughs> you you, I, I, oh, he probably, I, you say no thanks. I love him to death, say, but thanks, it, it thanks, would have been no really thanks. weird. Uh-huh. But everybody was convinced that we were dating, even though he had a girlfriend. Oh. Yeah. Nicole, I Despite remember that. when you stayed mm-hmm. with us and just different, you know, we had a lot of different conversations about being able, to, you know, cited or not cited. And mm-hmm. I think one of the things that, that goes along with this question was blind people can be perceived as they can't parent. Mm-hmm. They can't oh, have yeah. children. Yeah, and I too. remember that. That's I'm going to say this one. in a, uh, yes, this, this got you on your, on your, Box, mm-hmm. Be- uh huh. Because you were yes, because you have very strong feelings about that. Well, which, I, I mean, I know I, someone who had her child taken, mm-hmm. right? Oh, yeah. And okay. I remember you talking mm-hmm. about that and sharing that. But I think this is another area that people don't understand. You're very capable <clears throat> of parenting, Allison. Why mm-hmm. don't you tell them about your parents? My parents are both blind, so mm-hmm. and they raised three kids, and two of them are sighted, mm-hmm. and then there's me. So they. Yeah, I mean, blind people are capable of parenting. And they still take care of two young children regularly, right? Yeah, they do daycare. Wow. Okay. Well, and I, yes, yeah, yeah. yeah, And I'm just bringing it up because this was something we talked about. But I I think you talked about that. But I think. Hopefully you will remember that, you know. Oh, I do. we, we, We believe that you and Brad can be great parents. But this was just some social people sighted people can have that prejudice against yeah. those who are not there's sighted. a there's a eugenics piece to that too that yeah. some people could pick up on where you know mm-hmm. if 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 it's a hereditary blind thing they don't mm-hmm. you know that it's that's frowned upon it we, we don't right. want to go that route same i've heard the same conversations in deaf communities yes and then and then something we haven't touched on but i don't want to remove this question from brad is um a forming a subculture around blindness and what do you think that does or, or doesn't provide you i mean you brad you talked about growing up in a sighted world and how you know you didn't feel a need to only live con- consist within a like live within you know, a. It, it's funny you mentioned that because we were actually talking about that about three days ago yes we oh. talked a lot about this and okay the, one of the differences between the deaf community and the blind community mm. you can't really lump them together okay actually although people do as being one community as or being, your well, community well, your example, subculture for example a, a you know, a school for the deaf and blind. Okay, why would you do that? Um, disabilities have nothing to do with each other. Mm, but mm. Um, I would say, well, first of all, blindness, especially total blindness, is a lot less common statistically than deafness. Mm. So there are fewer of us, and so there is less of what you would call a blind culture, capital B, than there is a deaf culture, capital D. There just right. aren't as many of us. But uh, that said... Uh, I do. I do admit I've never felt the need to seek one out. I have blind friends. I have sighted friends. Uh, if I'm having trouble with my screen reader, I know who I'm going to ask and, and who I'm not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I've just never felt that need to seek that out. I also don't avoid it. Case in point, uh, I married a blind woman, and mm-hmm. we have a, a very awesome blind best friend. And so, you know, we are threads in the larger tapestry. One thing that does happen, though, is that when blind people are separated from the sighted, you know, world and society, um, it's really bad. Mm. It goes really badly for them. 
Mm. In what way? Could you expound on that? Well, there are schools for the blind. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they were created because school systems were not meeting blind students' needs. And sometimes Mm -hmm. they still don't. And sometimes they still don't. And some kids have no alternative but to go there. Mm. Okay. And Allison can, you know, tell you more about that because I've... I was in preschool at one, but she actually went to one. I did my oh. senior um, year at one. Oh, okay. Blinds, you're saying at, preschool, at a school for, for yes. blind kids yes. only? Yes. Okay. Um, but I have known a lot of students, especially in high school, who did attend. And um, they're boarding schools a lot of times. There are mm-hmm. day students, but most of the students board there. And they go home on weekends. Or mm-hmm. not at all. Or not at all. And the Illinois school is in Jacksonville. Yes, um, yes, I've heard that. They're raised in this environment, raised by the school for one thing, which that's a whole other issue. Mm. But um, they're raised in this environment where all of their needs are anticipated and met. So self advocacy is not something that they learn. They also are not under the same pressures to learn proper social behaviors that most people pick up by watching. And the academics tend to be substandard too. Um, mm. Yes. So. And, um, you know, I don't want to say that. (laughs) (laughs) She checked herself. Students students of different learning abilities are lumped together. Ah. Ah. So Ah. the material gets dumbed down. Staff can't handle it. They don't have enough staff to cater to everything. So what you see when these kids come out of this are young adults who are actually mentally you know, capable, like they have IQs within the normal range, etc. But they look far more disabled than they actually are. Because they have because less. Because they haven't been taught. Right. I've met young adults, you know, my age who can't dress themselves. Hmm. Who can't, you know, guys who can't shave. Mm-hmm. Uh, women who don't know anything about personal hygiene or, you know, regular hygiene around the house. Hmm. That's actually something that uh, I've been very humbled by both Brad and Nicole, and I, I don't know you very much, Allison, but I know, Brad, when you were doing teaching on campus, you um, took very humbly um, some you know, help shopping for new outfits um, because it's part of the criteria that you get assessed on is you know, how professional are you in front of the classroom. And for you, you know, a shirt's a shirt. As long as you're covered up, you feel like you're good to go. Um, but I remember distinctly you were you were very humble in saying, yeah, I'll accept some, some fashion advice yeah. and some help. I do help. remember one day I was teaching, and I got all the way through uh-huh. my lesson and went home, and you know what I'm going to say. <laughs> yeah. And uh, the bus driver I'm getting off at... Uh, <laughs> Vine in Washington, I guess it was. And the bus driver says, yeah, interesting. Uh, why'd you do that with your shoes? I'm like, what are you talking about? He goes, well, uh, you're wearing a black loafer and a brown one. I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> you mix the blacks well, and the browns. Well, you know what sided people like have you, done that. Act like yeah. you're yeah. 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 Like, It's a fashion statement. Like, I think yeah. that's what I said. <laughs> right. Good for well, this you. Is, this is a, a good thing, and maybe I know that you know this is running long. And, and yeah, I do, I do have one question before we end it. Though. Well, I wasn't want to end it because okay. I have a question before. That's why I'm, okay. I'm moving to because I know, like Brad and Nicole, you've been here with the, with the Champagne Church now for for like three years, and Allison, you've, you've you know you've come for the past couple of weeks, but primarily Brad and Nicole. As we said at the earlier, people sometimes, you know, cited people, we just don't know what to do. We want to be helpful, but we don't know how to be helpful. Sometimes 
an attempt to be helpful can be insulting, you know, unintentionally. This is your opportunity to anonymously um, tell the church, hey, you don't need to do this for me, or this kind of comes across. Sometimes it's hard not to get insulted when you do. Are there things like that that you just kind of wish... We wouldn't. We knew, but you have yes. kind of been too nice to tell us. Ladies first. <laughs> I can't think of much. On the whole, I have found, you know, people in this church to be the most accepting people that I've ever met anywhere. Hmm. Um, you know, like I'm going to do a stint in the nursery in May and June. Mm-hmm. Chris has already taken me up there and shown me around. Hmm. And I'm going to need to do that a few more times mm-hmm. because I don't want to be just getting familiar with things when we have nine babies in there. Right. Yeah. That would be kind of bad hmm. um, for them and me. But one thing that is helpful is if it's loud and crowded, unless I know you really well, if you come up and say hi, say who you are, because I might not be able to tell if it's very loud. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Great. Yeah. Uh, uh, identifying yourself as a good one. There's nothing more interesting than somebody coming up to you and <laughs> giving you a big old hug and then going, yeah, I'm so-and-so-and-so-and-so. We haven't actually met, but... Oh, uh, it's like, whoa. But, hey. but yeah, sometimes I'll coming. say, you know, it's not an insult. I'm not trying to in- insult you or or belittle, you know, knowing you. If I say, you know, who, who is it? You know, because mm-hmm. I don't want to confuse Mike Reynolds and Mike Slade, okay? You know, <laughs> okay. I don't want to do that. And I don't want to. I don't want to make the mistake of of <clears throat> saying someone's name and it's someone else, and then they're sitting there going, "Oh, you, you didn't remember me. You're supposed to remember me." Mm-hmm. Uh, I, you know, I, there, there's potential for slight hurt on both sides. You, know, you don't want to do that. So yeah, if somebody comes, hey, it's uh, Joe. Like, and if I have to say which one, because we have six of them. Uh, <laughs> <right>. <laughs> You know, these are things that I, I don't I don't dwell on this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it, it took me a minute to even think about it. Mm-hmm. But uh, no, this has been this has been a great church community, the best one I've been in in, in many years. Mm-hmm. So. That was the last kind of question that I did want to kind of hit on a little bit of how any of your experiences growing up, be it related heavily related to your um, blindness or not, how does that inform, um, make special your uniqueness with your relationship with God? Um, uh, I, I just uh, I don't know if I've ever asked either two of you that. No. Well, I can say that uh, if I hadn't, well, I don't know. I mean, you know, I'm not. I'm finite, so I don't know how God might have changed things um, if I hadn't been born blind. Mm-hmm. But if I hadn't had the experiences that I've had because of my blindness, uh, one in particular, then and and if every everything else had remained the same, I probably would not be here. Mm. I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you. I probably wouldn't even be a Christian. I might even be into some really bad things. Mm. Hmm. Hmm. You know, that said, I, I just want to caution against the stereotype. Not all blind people are Christians. and Oh, definitely. You, know, yeah. so you, you, go, you know, we don't want to, want to avoid that pedestal thing. Oh, yeah. It right. was one very specific thing. Right. Hmm. Um, are you... I don't want to... No, I'm done. Right I'm, done. Um, I'm going to pull out a little Bible here. Come on. It's now, a church please. podcast. No? Yeah. <laughs> so... Preacher... <laughs> 
<laughs> Another glare in the podcast studio. <laughs> so, you know, Exodus 4.11, God's talking to Moses and sending him on his way. And Moses is arguing with God, which never works out that well. And God is saying, who has made man's mouth? Who makes him deaf or mute or makes him blind or makes him sighted? You know, God takes credit for me being the way I am. So I don't hmm. need to excuse God. Hmm. You know, maybe I'm blind for particular reasons or maybe I'm blind because he knew I could handle it and somebody else might not have been able to handle it. I don't know. I, I'm hmm. not, not going to speculate on that. But I think it has given me the ability to discuss faith with people who may not understand faith. You know, someone would say, oh, you, you have faith because you're blind. Well, uh, yes and no. I could be a blind atheist just as easily. I've, I've been an agnostic. Mm. But, um, you know, I can talk to people and tie that in in ways that, that they may understand, mm-hmm. uh, et cetera, et cetera. And I won't go into, I mean, that could get very long. <clears throat> so it does affect... It does affect how I relate to people with, with regards to faith. It probably affects my relationship with God in that I, I don't ever ask him to take it away. Hmm. You know, some people say, you know, let me pray for your healing, by which they mean my blindness. I'm hmm. like, no, d- don't pray for that. Hmm. That can actually get really, really awkward can, and funny oh, afterward. There are stories. <laughs> but, <laughs> there are stories. There are, I like that. There are stories. There are so stories. Many from each of us, I'm sure. But oh. don't pray for that. How do you know you're not praying to take away the one thing that... Hmm. The, the, you know, one of the maybe it's a defining characteristic, or maybe maybe it's a, a little thing. You know, only God knows how important it is. Mm. Um, but don't take it away because He gave it. So. I really, really appreciate um, all everything you guys have shared, and especially kind of that perspective of leaning into what God. Like you said, it's not worth a whole lot of time speculating. Did he or did he not specifically put this here? But you you trust enough to lean into it and to say, I'm going to go with 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 you on this, whichever way it's heading and use it. Like you said, I mean, um, that has been something you've been able to use in your tool belt um, from your experiences. Uh, I really, really appreciate you guys' time um, sitting down and talking with us. We could go on for hours. I feel like we've kind of only scratched the surface. And as Phyllis mentioned, you know, even just having time where, where Nicole, you were spending time at their house just sparks so many conversations right. and so much curiosity. There is one thing that oh. I would like to add, okay. which I it. just thought of. Okay. If you have questions, it's okay. You can ask, even if they sound stupid, mm. because <laughs> they're not. I mean, if you really want to know, we would definitely rather you ask than wonder or assume. When somebody says, can I ask you a question? I know the follow-up is blindness-related. Uh-huh. Can I ask? And it's not awkward. It's not awkward. It's not embarrassing. Why are you wearing one brown shoe and one black? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Well, okay, that's embarrassing. It was was a fashion statement. Exactly. (laughs) No, I can I can vouch for 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 both of you guys. We've had a lot of conversations over the past three years that, like I said, have educated me. Mm -hmm. And um, as long as you ask it with respect, as friends, and say, "Hey, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, help me to understand this," because I'm coming from a different 
place yeah. here. Yeah, this only deepens the relationship. Yeah, yeah. It, can, it can actually deepen because yeah, you guys I mean, are really awesome. Because that also really... just helps to understand yeah. who you are. Yeah, mm. sure. and the fact. I mean, you are created in the image of God, and God did knit you all three of you in your mother's womb. He made you. He created you mm. with blindness, and that's his special. That's still a special gift. Mm-hmm. Mm. And I know that you guys have said several times, I would never change this. I would mm. never want to be cited. Yeah. Mm. You know, and so I think that's really pretty special. But yeah, I mean, to get, I mean, if you bring it down to the mundane, I mean, if we're out to dinner and you, you want to say, Brad, how, how do you cut that steak? Ask. Yeah. <laughs> so we just see you cut no, it. No, I, I just, We just yeah. watch you cut it. I was you, actually 16 before I learned how to do that. It was another blind guy who gave me the hooked you up. Huh? Ah, what were you going to say? I think Austin? during parts of this, I was just going to, you know, during parts of this podcast, we probably ended up sounding um, a little, I don't know how to put it, but I can understand how people would be a little bit standoffish now because they're like, what if we ask the wrong thing and mm. we insult them? But mm. usually it's more the... The tone than the actual question. Right. If you mm-hmm. actually want to be educated, we like mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We mm-hmm. want to. We're. We're well. I try to assume the best about people. Right. Mm. I think that's really a really important yeah. kind of even this kind of crusade of trying to get all these multiple perspectives around the tables. We're trying to be as uh, you know uh, inclusive as well as just. I'm not here to speak for you. The reason why we're getting you around the table sure. is that you can yeah. speak for you. And I should say, and I should say, we're very good on guide dog awareness at this church. You know, Tracy <laughs> knows he's not supposed to pet the dog, and he does it anyway. So, <laughs> how do you know? On that note, <laughs> a minute. Okay. I'm not about that because wow. I didn't see him doing it. All right. You know what? I haven't. Delaney's dying. I have me not out. petted Delaney <laughs> in probably close to two years. Okay. Oh, All right. Been so good. Oh, We're going to sign goodness. off. You must be suffering, it. Phyllis. We'll probably keep talking for a long there. time. Right. Goodbye. Goodbye. I'm going And as you can imagine, the talking and the laughter did, in fact, go far into the night we so enjoy having brad and nicole as part of our church family here at the champagne church of christ the the energy that they bring the wisdom that they bring um it's just fantastic and was really great to hear from their friend who is just visiting town allison glad that she was in town and was able to give a lot of unique perspectives of her own gosh what a fantastic conversation that just springboards into all of these different areas and is really applicable to many different situations as far as how someone might judge another person or or, or paint them with a broad brush or even kind of be struggling with their own upbringing and prejudice and you know why can't brad's asking the question why can't i use this this word and why 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 can't i you know sound off on this and i think those are really really good points to bring up and it even stretches all the way back to our conversation with tracy and harriet kirsch on their perspectives and upbringing be it in east st louis or even in the champagne area and then we also talked with uh, jason O all the way from southern china and his perspectives and while we could just go on and on and on this would be an exhaustive series talking about everyone from everyone's perspective i hope that this brief look at how we might fall into the traps and the pitfalls of painting someone with a broad brush or just sort of generalizing something that we initially think about that person or maybe even a group of people or something we've heard something we've been brought up with that really calling to light that trap 
can help everyone who's listening and partaking in these conversations grow closer and closer to the the view of humanity and one another that that we see laid out in the Bible. Uh, so appreciate all of our guests and the various conversations that have been spurred on through this. Uh, feel free to connect with us and continue that conversation on Facebook. And you can also always write in at champagnechurch at gmail.com. We'll connect with you again next week with another Talking the Walk, real people seeking a real God.